Welcome to What's Your Hustle. Throughout the last six months, I have been honored to sit down with many different guests to chat about their various passions, inspirations, and hustles. In this episode, we will be doing a little rewind as we look back through some of my favorite segments from some of my first guests. So let's get into it. Here's What's Your Hustle, Remix 1, with my guests. Cheryl Ann Ramden, Sydney Coombs, and Heather Scott. Cheryl Ann is, her hustle is uh, comic books and all things fantasy. Um, when did you get started in cosplay? That's our t- Cosplay adventures. So I guess I thought about this and it's, I can't believe it's been, I think, 2002. Um, I first went to Edmonton Expo. That was the very first uh, Edmonton Expo. And the o- honestly, the only reason I went was to see Misha Collins. <laughs> Misha Collins from Supernatural was there, and I found out, I think, a week prior. And so I, I gathered a few of my friends that were able to make it, and that was my first convention experience. And I feel like... As I look back on it, um, it was just it was just a fun convention and seeing people who who enjoy the same things that I do, whether that's like comics or television shows. And I also saw Billy D. Williams. I had to look back at my pictures, and that was the first time I saw Billy D. Williams. And I got a photo op with him with you. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, <laughs> like, what if it- Calgary Expo, Expo, yeah. Calgary Expo two yeah, yeah, years yeah. ago. So that was it pretty was, cool. <laughs> I like that you, me, Billy D, and Jasmine. Did, and Jasmine. <laughs> and Jasmine was like the cousin that married into the family because we all looked so similar. Yes. She, he could have been our grandfather. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. the family portrait. But um, thinking back on why I actually started cosplaying, it was, I don't even, looking back, I'm like, I don't even think that I really knew much about cosplay. Um, and I was just looking back at pictures and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember getting a picture with someone dressed up as um, Hexadecimal from Reboot. And I was, I remember I was so shy to go up and ask for a picture. And I was like, oh, do I do that? Do they, what do they, what do I say? What do I do? Um, and I just thought that was so cool that it looked like homemade and I was like wow that going to a convention and dressing up as a character you love like that's what I want to do so that was at Mission Expo um and then Calgary Expo 2013 that was the greatest that was the greatest year (laughs) that was my first Calgary Expo yeah and looking back on that I was like um I wanted to uh go there and cosplay for the first time right and so my first cosplay was black cat yeah because um growing up uh spider-man was one of my favorite um comics yeah and i was like you know what i'm gonna do this and so, not, not storm for yeah those. not storm <laughs> oh my god hey are you storm just because I am black and I had white hair does not mean I'm Storm. Amazing. And then I eventually cosplayed as Storm and that was pretty cool. So, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I remember 2013 Calgary Expo, uh, Stan Lee was there. That was actually one of the reasons I wanted to cosplay and uh, get a photo out with him. Uh, Game of Thrones actors were there, like Lena. How do you pronounce her name? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Lena Headley? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cersei. Um, or Heedy. Sorry. Heedy. No, no. Sorry. Lena Heedy. I feel like there should be an L in her name. That's her name now. Yeah. <laughs> you can just change your name. Just yeah. change your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. And who else was there? Peter Dink. Peter Dinklage was there. there. And oh my gosh. I'm like, why didn't I get a photo? What? What's wrong with me? <laughs> and they were doing, um, I had this coworker, and they were doing photos together yes yeah yeah again though that was my first expo and i was just so focused on meeting stan lee that i was like i gotta meet him that's that's all that mattered at that point is that what you're gonna be like when you meet chris evans oh my gosh (laughs) listen guys chris evans if i meet chris evans that's it i don't i'm done i'm done you're retiring i'm retiring (laughs) you don't really say much to them it's just like hi okay bye right and then yeah but it was nice because um I shook his hand and he said well done and I was like oh my gosh you got like, <laughs> I got an acknowledgement from Stanley from that's, Stan that's getting the excelsior of everything I know I was like this is the this is like oh my gosh and now I'm like tearing up that's really oh. sad <laughs> no but that's, um yeah, I think that was one of my uh, favorite memories, just meeting Stan Lee in my first cosplay as a character right. from Marvel Comics, um, as well as just getting pictures with a lot of people, being like, oh, you're Black Cat, like, knowing who I am. Right. And spy- all the Spider-Mans, love for my Spider-Man, <laughs> they were feeling Black Cats. So, yeah, I think that was a, that was a really good experience just going what inspires your um cosplaying because your characters are usually well when i go with you your characters are usually like strong female characters except when you did robins but i guess there is an alternate universe where there is a female robin i (laughs) mean (laughs) i think looking back at some of the um cosplays that i have done it honestly it was just kind of picking and choosing uh different genres so I love I love sci-fi, uh, anime, um, Marvel, DC. Um, I've done Lana, Lana Kane from Archer. Yeah, that was pretty cool as well. But how I kind of decide on my cosplays are characters that I feel I can connect with. Right. Some of the time, and I feel like that's more so over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so last year at Edmonton Expo, I did Domino, and normally for me, I don't really do, um, I don't really cosplay as characters from like the movies. Yeah. Um, but Domino, I looked like I love the the comic version of her. Right. But seeing um, Zazie, yeah, my girl Zazie, Zazie, yeah. with her natural hair and afro, I was like, I have my natural hair. This is cool. 
want to do this. Right. So you saw the reflection of you, especially mm-hmm. in Domino. Yes. As this like fearless. That's how I go. Or if um, like one of the characters I've done is Blink from X Men. Right. And I didn't do the um, Days of Future Past version of Blink. I did the like comic version. So that was the whole body paint and like the pinkish purple skin. And right. What have you learned about yourself throughout the years of cosplaying? Ah, this is a very good question. Um, Looking back, I feel like cosplaying and like actually going to these conventions, it really did break me out of my shell. Um, I do consider myself an extrovert, but I can also be an introvert at times or I don't even know if it's an introvert, just kind of, I can get shy. Right. Mostly introvert, but I can yeah. get shy around, like, new people. Right. And I do also, what was I going to say? Yeah, I have uh, anxiety, which I discovered two years ago. So that explains a lot of things where I'm like, why am I, why is my heart beating so fast in, like, certain situations? Right. Or I just think, like, the worst things. And it can be like something so small and minor that right, I your just, mind just just jumps to like the worst possible outcome of what something can be. Yeah. Right. So that. Yeah, I just discovered that, and I was like, oh yeah, I just want to blow up. But um, <laughs> but with cosplay, I feel like it really did allow me to become a better version of myself, where yeah. I feel like I can do anything. Like yeah. Um, just like in terms of just walking up to people, like even at that small moment at Edmonton Expo 2012, when I was like so shy to go up to this cosplayer and just say, I'm like, oh, I love your costume. Right. Get a picture with you. Like things like that. I wouldn't have normally done. And now I, I do it and it's great. Do you feel like (laughs) that putting before you discovered that about yourself, that putting on a mask, there's... Yeah. Like how actors put a character or put on a mask mm-hmm. to express themselves. Do you feel like that's part of what you were doing to help you get out of your shell? I think so. That's actually a good way to put it, actually. See? Totally messed up with the words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that is a, actually a very good way of putting it. But then I don't only... Well, yeah. So when I'm cosplaying as, like, character I it's not only just at a convention I'm also myself it's a like it's is it a way to put forward who you truly are yes yes and that allows allowed me to be who I am outside of conventions and right like opening up more to people um being weird as yeah that's it just being, being weird, weird and being like proud of who I am. And there's nothing and there's always this I say weird, but like Right. But there's <laughs> again there's like that stigma where you take weird and people put it into a negative connotation. Right. And weird isn't negative. It shouldn't be negative. I mean, everybody is who they are. Right. We're just go through a step of discovering that, whether it is through cosplay or doing a podcast like all the yeah. millions of other people. It's like you're discovering something about 
who you are in your own voice right. and what makes you comfortable. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I, I'm very proud to tell people that I cosplay. I... What are your top five songs, uh, Shannon? I have prepared for this. <laughs> I have my list right here. I was actually, I was talking to Halima prior to this, and I said, it's not even, this, these are my top five songs of the quarter. So right. These are in no particular order, and I'm going to promote my friends as well, because that's what I do. So, uh, I have, M uh, sorry, M.A.Q.D., Afrotrap, Part 7, La Croissance. Oh, look at me and my friends. Look at you, girl. Look, you look know, great more friends. <laughs> so, MHD is a, I was telling Lima that he's a French rapper and he has a lot of uh, Afrobeat influence. Mm -hmm. And I love Afrobeat yeah. at the moment. And let me just talk about Afrobeat. It's, I'm so glad that it's now becoming more mainstream. Ma more mainstream. And I'm but hoping that, yeah, I'm hoping that more artists like uh, Burna Boy. He was here recently, was here, and I didn't yeah. know that, and that would have been I great to see. I didn't want to go. <laughs> <I'll leave. laughs> but yeah, so Afrobeat, I like, it sounds very, well, I guess maybe uh, I should say soca and dancehall music. This yeah. is our culture. It is our culture. Yes. yes. It sounds very similar. And especially a lot of, a lot of influence, which is cool to see that we seem, we are all um, connected. We are all. I heard, I heard Afrobeat and I was like, Soka? What? And I was like, nope. <laughs> no. But uh, yeah, so that's number, that's one of them. Um, I got a shout out to my K-pop people. I love GOT7. I love Eclipse. I know that's not one of, that's, when did that come out? Like a few months ago? Sorry, I'm not talking about BTS. Sorry, Erica, if you listen to this. <laughs> I gotta promote GOT7. I love them so much. So if you're into K-pop or wanting to get into K-pop, got seven. Uh, I have Houston Gray, The Wanting. They just came out with their single last week. Last week? Yes. Um, this is my uh, my boyfriend's um, cousin's band. So shout out to Houston Gray. Um, another shout out to Letters from Pluto. One of my good friends, Christina. Um, Stop and Stare. Check her out. Support local if I need to. And I also have Normani and Calvin Harris featuring Wizkid, a little Afrobeat, uh, checklist. Uh, Sydney is here because we are talking about body image, mental health, finding yourself, loving yourself, and all of the above. Self-discovery. You are a transgender. Yes. And I'm so excited for you and pumped for you, I'm telling you. Girl, it's like... Well, 100% woman now, baby. Girl, <laughs> I'm so happy for you. When did you have your first surgery and what was going through your mind at that time? So my first surgery was over a year ago. Uh, that was my breast augmentation. And essentially, there was a lot going through my mind because it was kind of like, oh shit, this has come real. Like... It was only probably the year before I had come out to my family and my co-workers. Yeah. And obviously, like, you and my closest friends yeah. all knew my true self because I was living my true self to you guys for many years right. at that point. But it was essentially only not even a year after or a little bit over a year after 
me telling my family that, oh yeah, by the way, I'm a woman right. and I'm usually living my life truthfully. So and that full year was so rushed and so much on the go. So it kind of like everything came back to that moment when I'm in getting ready for that operation. That is like, this is what I've been waiting for mm-hmm. for such a long time. Yeah. And there were so many thoughts. Like, it's just like, holy yeah. <laughs> things are happening now. Yeah. Like, I'm getting my life on the go. Because at the time, I'm 29 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, you know what? I'm turning 30 at that point in the next few months. It's like, I just want to be able to live my life and be confident and comfortable in my body. You know, the thing is, and anyone that does know me, I am a confident girl. Yeah. I wear what I want. And obviously, besides work, for work. <laughs> but I'm very happy. I'm very confident with my body. But... With that surgery, it made my confidence boost so much. What do you think was the reason that you couldn't come out? I think essentially it's just everything. Like, yes, there was always trans and knowing about transgender. But I think it's just something that it wasn't predominant Mm -hmm. at that time, about five, six, seven years ago. Even before that, like, being able to accept who I was, even as a young child. Right. But essentially, I think, looking back, it's like, I couldn't accept who I was because I wasn't confident and happy with my body okay. or who I was. It's like, straightening back how initially we just wanted to say uh, about not only of surgeries and everything, we wanted to break into mental health. Yeah. I suffered eating disorders for over 10 years or about 10 years on and off. So now it all makes sense because mm. it's kind of like, yeah, I wasn't happy with my body. I didn't like the way that I looked. But... It's also, I wasn't comfortable with my gender and identity. So once I was able to get healthy and be more in tune with myself and my mental health, Mm -hmm. that's when it kind of started making more sense. Now, it still took a couple years after that for me to finally accept who I was. But this was around the time that I'm figuring out my gender identity, my sexuality, and everything like that. That's kind of like, okay... We only have one life. We all deserve to be happy in that one life. So it's kind of like, you know what? Do it. (laughs) Yeah, do it. I mean, now you've completed all your surgeries. What sort of power do you have as a woman? I feel complete now. Um, Not that I didn't feel complete before, especially um, once I had my vaginoplasty or my, I guess, other word, gender reconstruction surgery. Um... Before then, I I felt confident, but at the same time, there were steps and processes that I had to go through in order to feel comfortable with my body, to be able to make it look female down there, um, and to be comfortable enough in a bathing suit or dresses and stuff like that. Um, So now, it's, it's so amazing. Like, I'm only, as of right now, probably like 11 weeks recovered. But holy crap. I'm so happy for it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, um, all I remember is like waking up and during that first couple of days of recovery, that was like, damn, this happened. Like, finally, like I've waited a long time for this yeah. and it's been, it's worth the wait once you do it. But building up to that and then finally it happening, it's kind of like, yes, I felt complete. Like, honestly, first time going to pee, I cried. And as sad as that is, and as funny as that sounds, but when you now have body parts that you always want, 
and rightfully should have had. And being comfortable, and in, being comfortable in my own skin. I cried. It was a very emotional day. Right. So it's like, okay, it's those little tiny things that is like, okay, I don't have to talk. I don't have to do this. Right. I don't have to be afraid of getting changed in the change room when I just want to go work out. Right. That it's like, you know what? I could just be comfortable where if I'm going out anywhere. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for you. What are you looking for most for the future? That is a good question. I think overall... Um, it's still fresh right now, but like since my surgery and since I coming back, it's been like just looking forward to clothes, being able to be comfortable in my body, um, and just now finally living my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, just everything with the future. Like I don't, I don't know what the future is gonna hold. So it's yeah. kind of like I don't want to say I'm looking forward to relationships and looking forward to like anything in particular it's just that I'm just looking forward to the future yeah to being able to now say at 30 turning 31 that like I get to now finally completely live my life mm-hmm. fully bodily woman yeah and just be comfortable and confident going out there and be me yeah and wear what I want to wear in I guess certain circumstances <laughs> But be Girl, wear what you, <laughs> or what you don't want to wear. Yeah, well, and that's the thing too. Be comfortable in a dress. Be comfortable in lingerie. Be comfortable naked. Okay. And like, if you're not comfortable in your own skin, yeah, it's a struggle. And that was it. I wasn't comfortable in my own skin, which right. referred back to the eating disorders. Referred back to me not being acceptable of who I was. Mm-hmm. So it's just finally being able to be fully comfortable in my skin. And it gives you that freedom. Yeah. Honestly. And like I'm not gonna say that everyone who's transitioning needs to have a gender reconstruction surgery to feel complete. Nope. Not preaching that at all. If you need to or want to do it, then that's your prerogative. Yeah. Um, there are gonna be out there that people that don't want to have it done and feel they need they don't need to. I wanted it and I needed it for my mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's that retrospect that I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing this for anybody else. I'm not doing it for any of the guys out there. I'm not doing it for my family, my friends. I'm doing this for me. Yeah. And that's it at the end of the day. Yeah. What are your top five songs and why, Sydney? <sighs> that is a good question. Um, there are more than five songs, but I think I have a couple that would tie into everything. Yeah. Um, Essentially, this is me from The Greatest Showman. Mm-hmm. That song speaks so much to me. The yeah. first time that I heard that, I was literally just in tears. Um, such a beautiful song. Because um, no matter if you are LGBT, uh, if you are a different race, if you're a minority, or any bit different in the view of the, I guess... World. World. I don't want to just say white cisgender men because I'm not going to be a bitch like that. But that, you know what? This song really spoke to me. And it's one of those songs that it makes me so happy that it's like, you know what? Yeah, this is me. Yeah. I'm not afraid of who I am. I'm not ashamed of who I am. That's it. Yeah. So that would be one of my songs. Um, One song that I always go to and I've loved for years is Chandelier yeah. by Sia. So um, Three and Four by the same group. Um, and these are my top five songs at the moment. They change, I oh, guess, 
week to week, but yeah. it's in that moment of like how I'm feeling. But I feel like that first one I really have to speak of because it kind of ties into everything that we've been talking about. Um, Joan of Arc and Wasabi, both by Little Mix. They're both jams. They're both amazing. I love Little Mix. She does. She loves love them. Um, I think overall both songs are amazing. Well, Joan of Arc, it's a very female empowerment song. Right. Uh, they even say in it, um, you're one of those feminist chicks. Hell yeah, I am. Yeah. And I don't need a man and stuff like that. So yeah. great song. Yeah. Power to all the bitches out there. Yeah. Uh, Wasabi is just a good beat. And it's essentially they're talking about um, all the negative things that the media and people talk about them. Right. And it's basically like they don't give in, they don't care. And that could tie in with everything that we've discussed too. That Absolutely. it's like, you know what, we all deserve to be ourselves. And it's like, who gives a what people think? You have tattoos, you have piercings, you have green hair, purple, you, you are a size zero, you are a size 20. Yeah. You know what? Be confident and be beautiful in your own skin. Absolutely. That's essentially what, if anything, what people could take away from this. And it's like, I don't want to say that, going back to, I didn't get an augmentation to thinking that, oh, I need this just because I need to have big boobs. I ha- I got this to feel complete and mm-hmm. be me. Um, and then finally, and this is a little bit of a fun song, um, it's my go-to, I guess. We all have that one song that's our stripper song. Um, Buttons by the Pisket Dolls. Love that song. And I've loved it since it came out, so... Before she even said what it was, I knew what it was. <laughs> because even at this point now, whenever that album came out, it's still, like, when it comes on, you will see me, like, bumping over in the corner. Yeah. Girl, everybody needs a good stripper song. Oh, yeah. Listen, we're women. We all have that one everybody. song. Every woman has like that one five. song. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Partition. Partition. Partition oh my is god, a Partition is one of my all-time favorite songs in general. Partition is a stripper song. Yeah. I do have an honorable mention, though. That is yes. um, a Beyonce song, assuming we're on the... But tying in with that, and it has really to do with what we've discussed, too. But, I'm, I'm, fuck it. I'm not in my top five. This is my top six. It's not an honorable Girl, mention. It's going to be a, a song. You do, um, you, I will yeah. combine Wasabi and Joan of Arc together if that makes it better. No, man. You but do. Pretty Hurts yes. by Beyonce. Yes. Such a strong song. It was actually written by Sia. Yeah. So um, the first time that I heard it, when she dropped that album, Beyonce, uh, watching the, because it's a visual album, watching that music video, I remember just watching it just crying. Because in, in the video, she's dealing with as a pageant queen and everything like that as a pageant girl that I resonate with the struggle that she was dealing with and just the overall song about society what society wants us to look like as women that at the end of the day we're not all we don't all look alike and we all shouldn't look alike we're not all going to be big breasts big boobs or big asses um, we're not all going to be skinny we're not all size zeros all sides are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that song is just basically it starts off like her being like, okay, this is what I need to look like because it's in the magazines and is what someone else told her that she needs to look like. But then at the end, she realizes it, that she's happy and that it's her. And that, right. So it's essentially my journey yeah. right there that realizing that, okay, society has put this view on women that I need to look a certain way, mm-hmm. that I need to have certain size body parts or I need to be 
looking a certain way that heaven forbid if I show a little bit of roll or if a woman shows cellulite God. or has cellulite. So I think that song in general just speaks volumes of how society views women. Right. But also kind of a fight back, just basically saying, okay, this is how I'm supposed to look, yeah. but... I know. What was your inspiration for Green Orchid 8? The name, the why... Uh, so the name was that I was going to start this business, and um, my my older son suggested that uh, because I love plants so much, and I specifically like orchids, he's like, "What about green orchid?" And I said, "Yeah." So I kind of sat with that for a while, and then I decided to add the number eight because it's um, it's a number that represents abundance in some cultures, and it's also um, infinity on, on one side so it just has that you know there there's always there's always more that you can expand into there's always more you can create for yourself it's just there's a lot of abundance so yeah and it's lovely I... oh and the whole idea of nurturing things and you know growing things right um, Orchids take a while to grow, and when they bloom, they bloom for a long time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's I, a sense I really of like that. It's a sense of peace that you have for something that you built up for yourself, and it bloomed into this more this thing. This like I'm honestly so proud of you for what you've accomplished in Aww. Green Orchid Eight. Oh, thanks. What did you learn about yourself while you're as a life? Sometimes saying nothing is actually a big deal. Yeah. Sometimes just listening and being present with someone is significant. I learned that oftentimes when people are acting or reacting, um, a lot of times I learned that when I do it or when others do it, when you're sharing something, even if it's about something else, it's often that you're sharing a lot about your life view, your worldview. And so sometimes I hear people and they're like, oh, drivers are so inconsiderate. And I'm like, okay, so that's sort of coming from you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes drivers are inconsiderate, but it's sort of that idea of um, you will find what you are expecting. So I learned learned that I want to expect good things from people. Like my kids and my friends and my family and my clients. Yeah. Like, I like seeing them as their best selves, and I like being seen that way too. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the right. I'm in the right game right now. Yeah, that's for sure. so. it's that the idea of being free to do what makes you happy. Yeah, I I actually just joined this um, global organization, and it's all about. Um, it's called um, well, it's about evolving women, and it's definitely about sort of raising the the energy, raising the the intention um, of what we're actually wanting to create and following what really matters to us. Yeah. Um, and so there was one person and he was doing an interview and he said that um, when women actually follow what their true calling is, mm-hmm. it's incredibly powerful. And uh. it really is inspiring when, when you see someone who is doing what they just feel super... Right. Energized, inspired, lit up, yeah. motivating to do. So. And it's having the, for me, it's overcoming fear and 
creating my own space to be able to do that, to be like, see what my shine, our friend Sweet Twyla would always say, like, what does you, when you shine, you shine bright. Mm -hmm. So how bright can my shine get? Right. And I think as women, we're fucking shiny. (laughs) We're as bright as the sun. And I think that, you know, we need to be in that space where, Hey, I'm going to blind you if you you know, give me the opportunity. I will show you how dope I can really be. Well, I, I definitely agree that when someone is shining, it's sort of hard to look away. Right. And I always associate that with authenticity. Knowing what you know now, going through all the bullshit and the happy times, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell her not to worry quite so much. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there's... Um, a lot of, you know, we need to make this happen or, oh my gosh, what's, what's the next step going to be? And now that I look back over my career, I see how one thing led to another and it was all sort of building on one another. So I would just say, maybe just take a breath and relax and trust a bit. Yeah. It's not, I think you were saying something about having it all together or, yeah, no one has it all together. But Heather, what are your top five songs? What's what's on your playlist? Okay, well, I wouldn't say playlist, but I thought about different songs from different times in my life, and the first one was um, Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel, and it was uh, the number one song the day I was born. Mm. So I looked that up and was like, oh, I love that one. And my mom has this story where she played that song over and over and over while I was, you know, getting ready to be born. Yeah. So, um, and I really like the image of Bridge Over Troubled Water for coaching as well. Right. Because, um, and, you know, some people don't have troubles. They just want to elevate. But sometimes it's nice to have a bridge from where you are to where you want to be. Right. And so um, my second song is... Um, an artist named Luba, and it's about Let It Go. That's the title. And I really like that song because Let It Go is three little words, and my goodness, it's not easy. Yeah. And I've listened to her at lots of different points in my, like, teenage and, you know, in my 20s life. And, yeah, she's just sort of one of those artists. That was back when there were Walkmans, and I would put my tape in my hand. Oh, yes. You know, walk uphill both ways in the snow. <laughs> um, my third one is um, Felix Cartel, Get What You Give. And it is just fun. It makes me dance. It's very, it's what I believe. I think you get what you give. Um, it's so cute because people know that that's my song because when it comes on, they're like, oh, that's for Heather. And so I'm kind of hooked up to that song already um and then you know like the beginning of life and end of life um amazing grace is a beautiful song that i have said goodbye to important people in my life and you know once those bagpipes start it's just such a beautiful it's a beautiful melody and it's a beautiful message and i like it a lot so and then the last one is uh, Frank Sinatra and My Way, because I, my mother will attest, I like to do it my way. 
Actually, yeah. everybody in my life would probably <laughs> understand that I like to do it my way. Right. And it's a great song. Yes. I like the message because I think that everybody should have a chance to do it with that personal, customized signature effect of doing it your own way. I want to thank Sherilyn, Sydney, and Heather for being part of the What's Your Hustle family. As a note, for those looking for information in regards to Green Orchid AIDS parenting courses, please send Heather an email at heather at greenorchid8, the number 8, dot com. Thank you for listening to What's Your Hustle podcast. Created, produced, and hosted by yours truly, Halima Hussein. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Your Hustle Podcast. Subscribe, listen, rate, review on Apple Podcasts. Follow on Spotify, as well as anywhere else you stream podcasts. And until next time, whatever your hustle is, you got this.